you're here, you already sense there's something out there, something magical and mysterious, just waiting for you to find. And you've probably already discovered it isn't as easy as just thinking happy thoughts. You're not alone. Generations of shamans, philosophers, seers, and scientists have pursued this eternal quest. Where their ideas come together, you'll find powerful tools to cultivate magic and self-mastery in your own life. Welcome to the Magic and Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Donna Woodwell. I'm a former journalist, an author, a master astrologer, and a hermetic initiate, and it's my honor to be your guide. In each episode, I'll meet you at the crossroads of science and spirit, reason and intuition to help you discover the wisdom that works for you. Are you ready? The adventure awaits. Welcome back to Magic and Mastery. This is episode 23, The Art of Time. Chris and I have been on vacation the last couple of weeks. I came back thinking maybe I should mix it up a little bit. So before I dive into the material with all of you, I just want to remind you to check out the show notes at www.magicandmastery.com slash podcast, where you will find the timestamps and links to other things that we mention in the show. So don't forget, that's www.magicandmastery.com slash podcast. And now on with the show. We're talking about all things astrological. I'm actually turning it around in this episode because I am doing a reverse interview. And joining me today, I have the amazing Robin Langford. She should always be introduced with an amazing because she truly is Magic School's secret weapon. She keeps all the trains moving on time, make sure everyone gets their course material and advises me in myriad ways on how we can provide the best experience of magic to every single one of the people in our tribe. So hello, Robin. Thank you for joining me today. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Well, because people often get to talk to you via email, but not necessarily on audio. Why don't you take a minute to talk about how you got interested in astrology and how you found me? I have always been interested in astrology um, for as long as I can remember. Even back when I was in elementary school, I had Scorpio items. I had a little Garfield Scorpio romper that described me as only Garfield can. And those little, do you remember those little scrolls that you could get in like oh yeah you know what i'm talking about right gumball machines <laughs> yes yes definitely i would, use, I would star buy scrolls yep i would buy those and i was nowhere near old enough to be reading them but i had them so that was when i first became interested in astrology and then i found modern astrology i didn't know that's what it was called then but that's what it was and i liked it and it confused me because it was so wrong. And I could tell that it was wrong. <laughs> I didn't know why it was wrong. <laughs> and so, so y'all can't see this, but Donna's laughing right now. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, no, Aries in the first house can't be the same thing because that's not how systems work, book. And I need for you to make more sense than that. And so I decided that I wanted to learn a different kind of astrology when it made sense. And then the universe gave me you. I have literally no idea how I found you because I wasn't using social media at the time and I wasn't specifically looking for a shamanic astrology course and I didn't, I wasn't a follower of Astrology Hub, but suddenly I was enrolled in your class and, and everything changed. You convinced me that Pluto was not in fact my ruler, which was difficult for me. But we and love him. He's so cute. <laughs> So loving, so loving, the heart. I mean, he's a cuddly <laughs> little planet. And from there, I found out what traditional astrology was, and you brought me over to the dark side. And <laughs> I got news for you, honey. You've always been on the darker side of things. I'm in the dark gray. <laughs> so that's that's how I found you. And then um, during that course, I was, oh, I should probably say that my background is in curriculum and instructional design and that I was a teacher for many years and while I was taking that course I realized that you were probably the most gifted teacher I'd 
ever had the experience of learning from or working even people that I'd worked with and also that your course was being horribly mismanaged and you were overwhelmed with student requests and it didn't appear that there was a way for you to filter them and so I offered to do that for free and because <laughs> I was like no they can't overwhelm her before I learn all the things and I really I tell you she truly is magic school secret weapon I, I when I say I could not do this without her I really mean I could not do this without her so sweet and you need to be doing this. Like the whole world needs to learn from you all the things. And Well, I promised that when we did this reverse interview that I was going to turn over the questioning baton to you and that you could bring it. And if you could see her, <laughs> she's like rubbing her hands together. And all you need is a little cackle and her witchy hat. And we are <gasps> off to the races. So I am in your capable hands, Robin. Let's talk astrology, magic, our upcoming courses and all other interesting things. Wait, wait. I also get to ask. I I get to ask magic questions. I don't think I. Realize. You can ask whatever you want. Tell me what's wrong with modern astrology. That's a complicated question, and I wouldn't say wrong as much as I would say surface level. See, astrology way back when started out as a way to engage the magic that is all around us. We saw the sky as full of living things who had desires, and we recognized that there is a correspondence between what's up in the heavens and how we move in our interior worlds. And so we built a fantastic system of magic and astrology to harness those deep correlations, and which was in active practice for thousands of years. It's just that, you know, we had the scientific revolution that kind of kicked out the spiritual pillars of astrology, its underpinnings that, that connected it to a living sky. And so when astrology was reinvented for a modern audience, between the early 1900s and with Carl Jung and a bunch of other amazing people. The challenge was that in making it more popular and in having lost some of its history, it lost some of its, okay, it lost much of its depth. So when people today read their astrology, they're like, hey, baby, what's your sign? You know, they're thinking of everyone fits into one of 12 categories based on where their sun happens to be. And really, any thinking person realizes that life is way more complicated than just 12 signs of the zodiac. And so it's it's prevented a lot of people who, who would have benefited from the deep spiritual practice that is astrology for even being able to see it for what it is. And even the people who've decided to go a little bit further into astrology, because it has lacked its spiritual roots, the way it's being taught, you know, here, memorize all these things and try to spit them out, isn't actually tapping into the intuitive side of the deep intuitive side of the art or the historical side of the art, which means people are repeating things without actually recognizing their deep internal resonance. So I, I, again, I wouldn't say modern astrology is wrong. It's just very, very superficial compared to what it could be. Did that answer the question? It did. And you're so diplomatic. And I I'm try. Just gonna, I know, I know, but it is wrong. And if <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to being diplomatic because I've sat on so many astrology association boards and and talk to so many, it's literally tens of thousands of people about astrology. I, at heart, I'd be like, okay, well, is what you are saying true? And if the answer is no, then you're doing something wrong with your astrology. Astrology can be practiced as a kind of spirit science. We are constantly testing and evaluating what works and what doesn't work. And that's what it was designed to do. But can it also be practiced as a kind of pseudo-religion where you're just spitting out what someone else has told you without any any connection to our three-dimensional world. And that kind of astrology is not only not what it was designed for, it isn't any different 
than any other religion that you are practicing unquestioningly. It totally lacks its critical thinking element. So that's just a little harder to say when you are in pithy conversations with people practicing astrology. I'm sorry, your astrology is too small. You need to get a bigger <laughs> attitude. And I just realized that you're wearing a shirt that says Star Party that I wish yeah. everybody could see right now. <laughs> you know what? It glows in the dark. Of course it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> little stars glow in the dark. Yes, I got this from McDonald Observatory. Um, if you're if you're in Texas, you know what you might know what McDonald Observatory is. It's one of the um, darkest sky observatories in the continental United States. It's way off in West Texas. It's where all the astronomers hang out. Build this gorgeous visitor center based on on uh, archaeoastronomy principles with how you can see the sun moving through through uh, solar observatories on, on a day-to-day basis. And I love going out there and hanging out with the astronomers, even if they think astrology is a little kooky. I feel like this may need to be a magic school field trip at some point in the future. I think so too. It is beautiful out there. So there's a whole list of questions that I could ask. But the next question that I want to ask is what is your favorite planet to work with magically? What is my favorite planet? Jupiter. Tell me why. I am the living incarnation of Mercury. So Mercury is like my sibling. And I work with Mercury all the time. But you know how you take it, you know, you take your family for granted. I am I am definitely Mercury's child. Jupiter happens to be my, I don't know, my hero, <laughs> my inspiration, my guiding light. I just find Jupiter's sense of humor to be perfectly endearing and keeps me out of a depressive pit in my life. So there you go. Well, I, I mean, I love Jupiter too. I can, I can get behind that. All righty. Well, first I want to say for the people who aren't aware, there's already an astrology course available through Magic and Mastery, which is Planetary Magic 1. And in that is where we, where everybody can go to learn all about the planets. And there's a bazillion rituals that help them develop a closer relationship with it. And you should and ceremonies. Sure oh, gosh, the ceremonies. Oh. And all these things you can do in your day-to-day life so that the planets become part. I swear, I'm going to convince someone to make planetary underoos someday. Wait, what? Planetary underoos. Don't you remember underoos from like the 70s? They had them for, you know, Wonder Woman and Batman and all these comic book heroes. They were matching little pairs of underwear for kids. I think we should make matching little pairs of underwears that are in planetary colors. Speak. Just a thought. (laughs) I'd buy them. You know, if it's not that, then pajamas. We definitely need planetary pajamas. I feel a whole line of fashion winner coming from magic school at some point in the future. Um... Right. So the reason that I'm bringing that up is because the very spiritual side of astrology, I feel like you did a fantastic job of covering in Planetary Magic 1. And I was with you for Decode, and I know that you've taught a ton of other astrology courses. And I want you to explain the thing that I found most fascinating about the way that this course is structured, which is the removal of natal charts. And I want to explain why, because I took shamanic astrology with you. And the thing that derailed literally everybody in the course with me was, tell me what it means about me. And I, I, I just want you to tell me what my stellium in Capricorn square, my moon in, I don't know, Aries or whatever, <laughs> means about me. And people just completely lost the plot is the way it seemed to me. But I was also losing the plot because I also wanted to know all about me and I think the way that this is structured is genius, and I want you to explain it to them. All right. So let's be fair. Everyone in the back of their mind somewhere has a little ego that's always saying, but what does this mean for me? It, no, it's no, no, no. I have a great me. big I, ego. I have a huge ego. All right. Well, a huge <laughs> ego in, in Robin's case and maybe some other people's cases. That's like, what what's in it for me? And that's a totally natural reaction. Just astrology can be so much, give us so much rich information about ourselves. We start focusing on that and we forget to learn the actual astrology because astrology is truly like a language. It's rich, it's evocative, and it takes a long time to learn all the ingredients. So if you are only listening to your teacher with like one ear open, waiting for the little bits that might 
relate to your own personal chart, you're missing everything else because your ego is just sitting there waiting to have your personal bits delivered to you. So one of the things I really truly believe in is that the way astrology is being taught in most places isn't useful for the student who actually wants to learn the fabulous art of astrology. And so in my first course, the one that, that's already out, um, Planetary Magic One, The Art of Ritual, we place the planets and get into know, getting to forge a creative relationship with each one of the planets for yourself in the course. That's the only focus of the course. We spend 12 weeks doing it because the planets, not the zodiac signs, the planets are the foundation of all of the rest of astrology. So if you know a Virgo and Gemini and the rest of the signs, that's great, but that's not what the astrological model is built on. It's built on Jupiter and Mars and Saturn and the other visible planets in the sky. So if you know them really well, it's like having learned how to conjugate your verbs really, really well. It makes the whole rest of the language a lot easier to learn. So. As you say, when you move into learning astrology charts, astrology charts are just a map of where all the planets happen to be. There is no mystery to it. It is an ancient technology, an ancient technology that, that they excelled at. But astrology wasn't used to tell people's, look at people's personal natal charts because quite frankly, most people didn't have natal charts. They just didn't exist. I mean, heck, there were no clocks. And so it's not like your parents, for most people, went running down to like the local water clock if your town was prosperous enough to have one to look and see what time it was. It just didn't happen. Instead, astrology was used for other practical things like, you know, determining the appropriate time to build the temple or... Uh, Use it as a divination tool. If you ask a question, you cast a chart and you answer the question based on the chart. All of these other magical kinds of things is what astrology was originally designed to do. So I decided if I'm going to teach charts again and how to use the mechanics of charts, my first class is going to focus on what astrology was originally designed for. We're going to learn how to use astrology to pick auspicious times for rituals. We're going to learn how to use it to answer our questions. We're even going to briefly touch on how to use astrology to predict the weather. And maybe if I'm feeling generous, I'll even talk about how astrology can be used to diagnose medical illnesses. All of those things came first before people started doing the psychological view of things. So by removing the charts of famous people, which is usually what astrologers rely on, I want you to think of astrology differently. I want you to think of it as the cosmic energy signatures that it is and recognize that that astrology is way bigger than all of us. And so when we bring ourselves to the equation, which we do in later classes, I'm not ignoring I'm not ignoring personal hollow horoscopes. I know everyone wants to look at them. You will be so well grounded in the magical nature of astrology, when we do get to personal charts, you will recognize that you are in essence, a magical talisman with a purpose. And that you first thing when you look at your chart will be, what is my purpose based on those traditional principles? How am I a magical representation of the cosmos? And by looking at your strengths first, it gets a whole lot easier to start processing all of the other information that comes into astrology. I had to stop and write down the quote. I might have to go back and listen to this after it's published so that I could write down like everything you just said, but how am I a magical representation of the cosmos? Maybe my new favorite way of looking at natal charts. And for all of those of you listening, I promise you I've taken more of her courses than you have. I don't care who you are because... <laughs> <laughs> because I helped facilitate decode three times and we did planetary magic. Yeah, no, there's just no way <laughs> that they've taken more of your courses or worked with the material more. And I have never been so excited about a course as I am about this one because of the way it makes me think about astrology. And that's why it's because when you shift it away from the, but what does it mean about me to how am I a magical representation of the cosmos and you realize that you can do that with literally any chart if you learn it this way, it changes everything because you can look at a moment in time for a day and, and understand what it is the cosmos is trying to produce. And I think that's 
beautiful and magical and everybody everybody needs to take this course so that I can play with them. <laughs> and also, You really are the highlight of Robin's day. <laughs> yes, for sure. Especially because we're doing, I mean, I know, and we, I don't know if you've announced it on the podcast, but you're going to announce it now, that you're going to do 12 live Q&A sessions, which means yes. more time to play with everybody. And I'm just very excited about it. And I think that's, that's the beauty of Magic and Mastery, the School of Magic and Mastery, is that you're bringing the magic back. And I love it. Tell me about astrological talismans. Ooh, well, astrological talismans are, when I finally understood what they were trying to do and why, I was like, oh, God, that's brilliant. All right, so let's get back to electional astrology. Electional astrology is astrologer's technical term for electing or choosing a time to take action. That means finding the most auspicious time that's aligned with whatever you want to do to actually get started on the project. In essence, you're choosing a birth chart for whatever you're working on. But if as anybody who studied astrology before or even attempted doing electional astrology realizes that the time you want to do the thing is not necessarily the time that's best for doing the thing. So, okay, back in the days when I was seeing lots of clients, people would come to me and say, hey, I'm getting married. I would like the best time to get married. And they'd say, the best time to get married that happens to be at three o'clock on a Sunday during these three weekends in June. And you like throw up your hands because that may not have anything to do with the best time to get married. That just happens to be the time that they have already decided they want to get married. And so you either have to choose between three times that may not be the greatest thing in the entire world, or you can do what the ancients did, which was invent the astrological talisman. So an astrological talisman is basically a sacred enclosure that you create and invite the energy of a moment in time into that talisman. So let's use the wedding example. Maybe it is the best time you can find to get married. It just happens to be at 5.35 a.m. on a Thursday. When nobody's getting married, you make the talisman at 5.35 a.m. with all of the happy, happy ingredients that would make for a good marriage, and you hand the talisman, maybe maybe you make one for the bride and you make one for the groom, and you have them wear it at the time that they've decided to get married anyway. So that at least if you can't get the best time for your marriage because of other circumstances in life, you can at least put the perfect energy in a bottle and bring it with you and release it into the ceremony so that you have that cosmic intention aligned with your actions but in a kind of time-shifting way. Uh, when I realized that, I was like, wow, that is about the most brilliant, brilliant use of astrological magic that the ancients could have ever come up with. It's just time-shifting. It's like TiVo for astrology. Who wouldn't want to learn that? I Only crazy people, as far as I can tell. Because <laughs> I, I want to okay. learn it. Yeah, I mean, I desperate, like, I can, okay. I'm not bad at electional astrology, but I'm not you. I'm not fantastic at it. And I've been, y'all don't know this, but I've been trying to get her to teach electional and horror astrology since 2017. Probably. About Every, that? Well, I, lots, I've had over a thousand students in my classes and they all asked me to do this and I just haven't had time. Yeah. But we're going to teach it in a super fun way, because, again, if you pick up a book on electional astrology, it's going to be difficult to learn because of the way it's being taught. So we are going to go from the planets first. I'm going to teach you how to make an astrology board, which is basically what they used to use back in the day before there were actually computers with dials that you can switch around and learn how to step by step Choose the best planet to help you with whatever you want to do. So if you want to sell your house, it might be Mercury because Mercury likes to sell things. Or if you want to teach a class, it might be Jupiter because Jupiter likes to teach things. Anyway, you get an idea. Pick the, pick the planet most aligned. And then when you have the planet, find the moment in time coming up in the closest date in the near future when that planet is in the best 
place to be able to help you do the work that you want to do. And I'll teach you how to begin to turn the chart wheels to find those moments, even before I let you go play with the computer. Because once you understand the theory of how to do it, then we can filter in the computer later. See, that's another thing that is really hard about not just modern astrology, but modern astrology in today's technical age. I mean, you can go on the internet, cast your chart totally for free, throw in a million bells and whistles and gump up all the works. And all of a sudden you have so much information, you have no idea how to figure out which bits are important and which bits are peripheral. And if you can't distinguish between the signal and the noise in this case, you can't possibly predict what's going to happen. And I think if you went and read everybody's blogs on astrology or everybody's conversations, you'd find a lot of things that are totally not what's happening. It's just not what's happening in the world. And it's not anybody's fault. It's just since astrology is not being taught in a way that helps people understand what's essential, you just can't possibly predict with confidence what is going to happen. But when you do know where to look, what's the most important bits, then you can predict with scary freakish accuracy. I mean, really scary freakish accuracy. Okay, we're going to talk about the scary freakish accuracy like right now because you just did the divination for, was it in the Gemini or it was Gemini's divination, right? The mm, eclipse for Gemini. Oh, yeah. Okay, and so in, uh, for those of you who are not members of the Coven, Donna does a monthly divination using astrology, oracle cards, tarot cards, runes, and it's super interesting and fun. But this time, <laughs> this time there was an eclipse, and she was talking about how the eclipse was going to be going over the poles. And what did you say? Tell them what you said. Well, I mean, there's many ways to interpret an eclipse, and one of them happens to be where the eclipse track is going. And the eclipse was ruled by Mercury. Mercury was in the middle of a retrograde. And so I basically said, we're going to find out information about the Arctic region, the North or South Pole, since both of these eclipses are over the North and South Poles, which is extremely rare. Doesn't usually happen that way. Um, so something about the polar region will be new or it will be revising what we've already known because, again, Mercury, the planet that's ruling it, is going retrograde. And Ergo, then... <laughs> go ahead <laughs> and then i'm scrolling through one of my news apps and all of a sudden i see things like well, i can't remember exactly what the title of it was but it was along the lines of the earth's getting a new ocean that's going to be named and it's one of the arctic and it's going to be an arctic ocean and i was like wait what and it was right around the time of the eclipse and i sent it to donna i should probably look in my it's the day of the eclipse it was the afternoon was right after the eclipse yeah. happened yeah and I was like, oh, my God, do you remember what you said? And she's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then there was just thing after thing after thing. And I love astrology. I love it. I love it. Okay. So that's electional and uh, electional astrology, but it's also kind of horary astrology. Not really, because nobody asked you a question other than, hey, Donna, will you tell us what's going to happen? But <laughs> the other component of what this course will be, which is unlike any of the courses that you've taught that I've been a part of is that it's going to include horary astrology. And I'm so excited. <laughs> I want you to tell well, all the people why that's amazing. Well, horary astrology is usually lumped in with electional astrology. The, uh, and the reason these haven't been a focus in 20th century astrology is because they are magical. And, you know, quite frankly, since the late 1800s, astrology has been struggling to be accepted in some way in society by the scientific paradigm. They've resisted all attempts to have a spiritual or magical side in astrology to the point where 25 years ago, if you were teaching magical astrology, you were not allowed to speak at one of the natural national conferences because the focus was so much on being legitimized. And so psychological astrology got preference. I mean, it's different today because so much, so many more people are interested in the magic and the lines are getting blurred between magic and astrology. But when it comes to, so when it comes to horary astrology, because it's a, it's a mind bender to wrap your, your head around the concept of, wait a minute, 
it's not like me that has a question, I mean, a, a chart that relates to my personality. You mean I can ask a question at any moment in time and look at the chart for that moment in time and get my question answered? And the answer is you can, and in amazing ways. So I have a great story from one of my astrology students. I used to have astrology classes in my house. So I was actually visiting her at her house. We'd hung out for lunch. I'm like, okay, I got to go. I got to get back across town to pick up my daughter. She says, wait, wait, you can't go yet. And I said, why? I I really, I got a long drive. It's going to be rush hour traffic. She says, no, no, no. I have to go on a vacation and I have lost my passport. And I know it's in the house somewhere, but I have no idea where it is. Will you like pull up your chart and do that horary thing and find my passport for me. And I'm like, no, I got to go now. She's like, please, please, please. And the little voices in my head said, all right, just look it up for her. So I just turned my computer back on. I made the chart for that moment of that question because she had such an urgent need. And I looked at the chart and I'm like, that's a dumb chart. And she said, why? I said, because no one stores their passports in the bathroom. (laughs) And because it was really, really clear. I mean, charts, when you start, when you understand how horary works, some answers are just super simple because all you need to know is the planet involved and the house that it happens to be in. And there's your answer. I'm like, well, it says your passport is in the bathroom. And she said, well, so anyway, I'm like, I got to go. I got to run. I'm super late. And I hadn't even gotten out of her little gated community when I got a phone call. She's like, I found it. And I said, okay, well, that's awesome. Where was it? She says, it was in my travel case, which was under my bathroom sink. So again, astrology is amazing and freakish in its accuracy. And you don't need to know huge, complex things. You just need to know the basics. But if you know them really well, the things that you can learn from it are astonishing. And I can't wait to play with it. I can't even tell you how much I can't wait to play with it. Well, it's going to be soon. <laughs> I know. Class starts on July 6th. And I believe we get into horary around week six. I promise you at the end of this course, you will be totally familiar with the concept of electional horary astrology, how to use astrology for talismans, maybe a few other things in there. But I just want everyone to be aware of the complications. I can introduce you to a subject. I can tell you how to get started. But astrology truly is a language. So if you actually want to master all of horror astrology, it's going to take you more than the 12 weeks that are in our class. But at least you will know how to get started. You will have all the basics like a first aid kit so that you can do basic horaries for yourself. And if you want to dive deeper, I got some great teachers and things that I can recommend because you will at least appreciate the beauty of the art. Again, the primary reason for this class is to get you introduced to using astrology charts, how they work, all the things that they can do so that you can use them in your own magical practice and development. And that we are certainly going to accomplish. So exciting. And I know everybody's going to ask, so I'm going to ask you, but what about me? What about my chart, Donna? What about my chart? Are you going to teach me to tell me about me? I am not going to teach you about you until we get to the very, very last class, the very, very last class. And I'm going to start talking to you about your natal chart as the magical creature that you are. Now, in the days of the Renaissance, they actually used to look at charts very differently, um, kind of as different as positive psychology is from traditional psychology. So if if you've been watching the psychological landscape over the last 20 years or so, you'll, you'll realize that there's been a movement away from some of the traditional ideas about psychology. Psychology in the early part of the century was all about finding out how you are broken, finding out all the things that are wrong with you, going into therapy, talking about the broken things, and maybe five or 10 years later, you might get out with some some understanding of who you are. uh, Psychology has pivoted away from some of that towards this thing called positive psychology, where they focus on what your strengths are and developing those strengths as resources that give you the inner wisdom, the inner character, the fortitude to be able to tackle what the problems are. And I think that's a huge sea change 
in psychology. But that's the way they used to do astrology. They didn't look at astrology and say, oh, this is how you're broken. No, they said, why are you here? How are you here to contribute to the world? And which planets are your own guarding, guiding lights? Which are your planetary guardian angels? So they, they took your chart apart and they found the strongest planets and why. And the angels that corresponded to them, angels are just, you know, the, the Christianized version of uh, spirits and planetary energies. And I want to do the same thing for you. I want to get you to understand what your strengths are so that when we go into the following course, Planetary Magic 3, and we can really dive in more deeply into um, the, as we call it, the art of soul, you will have those strengths under your belt before we confront some of the more complicated stuff. So exciting. And... So now we've sort of teased that there are three levels of planetary magic. What about the people who haven't taken the first level? Um, that is okay. You can take planetary magic two if you haven't taken the first one. Uh, one of the weeks of planetary magic two is a really fast crash course in the in the left brain content, the facts, just the facts, ma'am, that we covered in Planetary Magic 1. So it's possible. However, this is a pretty big however, we spend 12 weeks in the first Planetary Magic course of truly getting to know the planets as friends and allies, as something beyond just the the, the outline that you might see on Tinder or Match.com. You know, you really get to be friends with them. And you know how different it is to just read about a person rather than be friends with them. So we're developing deep relationships with the planets in Planetary Magic 1. And if you don't have those, learning how to cast an astrology chart is a more intellectual exercise rather than a holistic exercise. So I highly encourage people to take both of them, especially especially if you're going to use astrology for magic. There is no way you shouldn't have gotten both of these classes in if you're doing astrology for magic because that's the power. The power from astrology comes from the planets. And if you don't have a deep relationship with them, you can't possibly unlock all the secrets of astrology. I mean, I have sat down, like I've done readings pretty much everywhere. I've done readings at bookstores. I've done readings at banks, you know, for, uh, festivals all over the place. I remember sitting down with a woman's chart once um, in uh, one of the local bookstores. She came up to me and I looked at what I had typed into the computer and I looked at her, I looked back at the computer and the, and the dissonance between what I was seeing on the screen and her energy, it was just so, it was so out of tune. I just, I couldn't even handle it. So I, I, I could I could hear, you know, the planets whispering in my head going, this is not us. This is not us. And so I finally just, I'm like, asked her, I'm like, did I get your birth information wrong? And she looked at it and she's like, oh, wait, yeah, that's not my birth time. You have to fix this to that. And so I like switched the dial and poof, all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, that feels better. So when you really, really understand how astrology charts work, you feel them as a presence. They are a whole world into themselves. And in order to do that, do astrology that way, you do have to have that personal relationship with the planets. So if you want to take both, you can jump in if you haven't. But I promise you, as we, right before we launch our new Planetary Magic course, we will offer you the opportunity to catch up where you left off and we will make Planetary Magic 1 and 2 available as a bundle uh, so just so you can catch up if you would like to. And then they could ask you questions about Planetary Magic 1 and Planetary Magic 2 in the live Q&A. I don't, I just, I want to come back to that just for a moment. We haven't offered in Magic School live Q&A for anybody outside of the coven since the coven doors opened. And even within the coven, they, there's only, um, a Q&A coaching session once a month. I want everybody to hear me when I say, you get Donna to answer all of your astrological questions 
every week for 12 weeks. I'm here to tell you for the price of the course, just for that one little benefit, it's totally worth it. If you're using it and if you're leveraging it to really make the most of the opportunity. And I'm pointing this out because I've worked with a lot of COVID members who just don't ask questions because they think that they shouldn't or it's a waste of time or it's not a good enough question. And everybody listening, I'm going to tell you what I tell everybody who comes on a Grove tour, ask the questions. Ask all the questions. Donna, why is it called that? Donna, why did they think that? Donna, how do I do this? Ask all of the questions because she's going to answer and she's going to answer with these great, big, huge, beautiful paragraphs of history and science and magic that are going to blow your brain. And you're going to have to go back and you have to read it or listen to it again, like five times and take notes. And it'll be amazing. And everybody needs to really be focused on that because after this live course, that's not going to be available again because it's a huge time commitment and it's extraordinarily difficult to pull off. And so they get you for a full 12 weeks and then I don't think it's happening for the next course at all, probably. I don't know. I guess we will have to wait and see. No, I'm, let, me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> it's not happening again for this course at all. Oh, no, it's never happening for this one again. No, yeah. And once <laughs> like, it's recorded, once it's recorded, it will be available, but you won't have the live. If you want a live component to it, you will need to join my membership program, The Coven, and ask your questions there. Which is everybody should be doing. And if you're a coven member and you're not asking questions, go to the Ask Donna tab today and ask a question. It'll just just because you love me and you want to make me happy. And also <laughs> and also because I know you have questions. I know you do. Okay. Well, I, I Robin and I have talked about it so many times. I love questions. I'm like, bring it. Ask me something hard. Ask me something I can't answer. I will be so excited. I will be like, oh my God, I don't know the answer to that. I get an excuse to go research your amazing topic. And it hasn't don't happened understand. very often. Yeah, no, but y'all don't understand. When, when she says she gets excited, what she really means is she goes and buys like five new books. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. She's, it is true. And then she spends the next week. Well, I really have to figure out this answer. And then we have in her brain those five books, and then she distills those five books into one amazing answer. Like, it really brings her a little Mercury self-joy in a way that I cannot describe. It does. Chris and I decided it was called pith, that I, mm-hmm. I excel at pith. I take a whole bunch of information and, and spit it out in an amusing and easy-to-digest way. And then I, the whole way cursing the people who wrote the books because I'm like, why didn't they just say that? Why didn't they just keep it really simple? Why didn't they? Anyway, so you don't have to hear that part. You just have to hear the distilled no, yeah, but answer. I'm telling y'all, it's fun to hear that part too. And that, <laughs> that just reminds me that I'm just, I don't know if you're going to, you may edit this out and that's fine. But which well, another thing that you don't know that's coming, which is coming because of the tarot course that was released before the planetary magic course is a course on Kabbalah. And the number of times that she said, why didn't they just teach it like this? <laughs> We're having conversations about it. Is, I do sound I like a broken very, record sometimes. It, well, you've got a really lovely broken record. And <laughs> I'm very excited for everybody else to get access to all the cool little things that I've been hearing about in the background. Almost as excited as I am about astrology, but not quite. Because you know how, I, you know, astrology is my first love. Yeah, I might change your mind. Mm-hmm. If people really understood what the Kabbalah is, every person who loves astrology and tarot, and especially every person who wants to work with astrology and tarot together, will line up for that class and beg to be let in the doors. Because at heart, Astrology and living in living in natural rhythms requires you to appreciate that, as we've said in every episode of this podcast, in some way, we live in polarity. You know, skillfully navigating life means recognizing, you know, how we move from one side to the other and keep ourselves on the middle path despite despite these extremes of life. And that goes for how we think about things. That goes goes double for our emotional health, how we relate to people. Almost everything works better when you can skillfully navigate 
polarity, including astrology. Polarity is built into astrology. So what the Kabbalah is, it is a model of how creation occurs, how we went from this all unified one thing through levels of polarity to get down here to where we are on earth. And it maps out the path that that happens. And that has so many implications. It has the implications of teaching us how to do magic, how we can follow the path of creation to manifest what we want in our lives, how we can reverse the process of creation to become more enlightened, how we can, and even more, because the Kabbalah maps the planets into the map, because Kabbalah maps tarot cards in the map. It teaches you how to use two or more planets together and find the balance between them and recognizing that those answers are all encoded in the tarot cards. So if you decide you want to balance, you know, Venus and and Saturn, and that's what you're stuck with because you happen to have a transit of Venus to Saturn or vice versa you will know exactly which tarot card you have to meditate on in order to find that balance point because it was all designed to be that way. It is a glorious thing when you truly understand the the depth of understanding of the human psyche that went into creating it. So I'm going to feel like nothing for people who don't want to sign up for that course if they love a tarot and astrology because I will just bang my head on the desk and go, I, I, I don't know what else to tell you other than this is the key you have been waiting for throughout your astrological and tarot studies. I, I, if you don't want the key then and you, and you feel bad that you're locked out, that's not my problem anymore. Well, and the reason that I'm, I'm mentioning that now is that and we also get a lot of questions about, well, when are you teaching? And what are you? So when we get those questions about what's coming next, I don't know that people always understand that there's a huge master plan driving everything in magic school. Like there are the four pillars there. There's a plan. y'all. There's a plan. And the first course was tarot. And if you've taken the tarot course, you've already had a little bit of a taste of what she's talking about. And then planetary magic was the next step into giving people what they need to be able to cope with what's coming in the Kabbalah course. And I feel like this course is your final step before we're just going to let you loose and you're going to rampage and just like blow everybody's mind. Okay. Well, we have talked a lot about our astrology adventure in this course. Yeah. Think there's anything else we need to tell them before we wrap things up, Robin? They should for sure come join us and play with us with the planets. And that is super easy to do. All you need to do is surf on over to www.magicandmastery.com slash planetary magic two. That's the numeral two. And it will tell you more information about the course, all the things that it contains. As Robin mentioned, our start date for the release of the first course is Tuesday, uh, July 6th. We will be having live Q&A starting on Thursday, July 8th at 7 p.m. Central for the for the duration of the course. So you can ask questions to your heart's content. And if there's anything that we haven't covered in this conversation, of course, we love to hear from you. You can always send us an owl at magicandmastery.com. That's O-W-L at magicandmastery.com. We did it on purpose to make it super easy to remember. Send us an owl. We will get back to you with whatever question you ask us, a nice answer to help you figure out what's the best path for you. But you didn't think I'd leave you without an experiment, did you? Well, this is being recorded at the beginning of March 2001. We have this great thing that you can watch on your own that's happening in the skies eh, more or less right now and getting more intense as the days go by. And that is a conjunction of the brightest planet in the sky, that's Venus, with her complementary opposite the red planet Mars. 
So see if you can go out and watch the horizon just after sunset and see if you can spot this pair. Again, Venus is the brightest thing in the sky, so eh, besides the sun and the moon, she's kind of hard to miss. And if you can find her, you will notice night to night that she's creeping ever closer to the red planet Mars. And that is the beginning of an astrological journey. That's what astrology is all about, bringing those little moving dancing lights in the sky down to us in a meaningful way. So if you want to take your experiment even further after you find them, why don't you spend some time in quiet contemplation? Maybe even imagine yourself going off and having a little conversation with these brilliant planets and see what you discover about yourself and your place in the world. Thank you, Robin for coming and joining me in this conversation. You know you are welcome anytime. Everyone loves to hear from you. As I said, you are the jewel in our magic and mastery crown, so to speak. Again, I couldn't do any of this without you. So thank you for everything you do. And thank you for helping me out with this episode. You know that I have no idea what to say to any of this. <laughs> I made her blush. Oh my god. It's really and hard to do. It's not. I'm like Casper and I just turn into a lovely shade of neon pink whenever I blush. Thank you for having me and it's always a pleasure talking with you and I am looking forward to all of the things. Woohoo! We're going to have fun and rock the house. So, thank you again for tuning in on behalf and me and Robin. So glad you're here. If you want to find out more information about the things that we have mentioned in the podcast, maybe a few timestamps, and definitely the link to sign up for the course. You, you can also go to www.magicandmastery.com slash podcast, where we store all the show notes for our episodes. And if you really enjoyed our episodes, it always helps us if you take a moment to rate and review the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, because that's what helps us to continue to bring you the things that make you jest. And if you found this episode particularly fascinating, please share it with a friend. <laughs>